0: ...in the Word of God, you, you can't get all out. You can't get any depth of understanding in one service. And so we just keep building. And if you're interested in going back and catching up with us uh, as, as visitors, or, or even if you've just you know, missed some and, and you're a regular attender here, you could go to our podcast, World Harvest Church of Paducah, in the App Store. Uh, download our app and get the po- or in the into the podcast website, Facebook, praise God. It's all over there and doesn't cost you anything. Amen? And uh, it would be a great blessing to you. But we're going to 2 Timothy chapter 3. And again, reading our golden text, we've been in a series we've just been simply calling the Word of God. And has it been doing anything for you? Well, thank you. Praise God. I hope so. You know, we need to have a a deeply rooted faith and understanding in the, the steadfast, unshakable, unbreakable foundation we have in God's Word. You know, uh, the Word of God is truth. It is truth. There is such a thing as truth. Absolute truth. And as we said in lesson one, every person believes something about everything. Isn't that right? You believe something about sickness and disease. You believe something about money and finances. You believe something about... um, proper sexual practice. You you believe something about parenting. You believe something about everything, right? The thing is, what's the source behind what you believe? Amen. Because human beings in our imperfection, we have believed things and called things true and fought wars over them that were in fact not true. Things like the world is flat, you know, they persecuted Columbus and other explorers who wanted to posit the reality that the world was a sphere, that the earth was a, f- a sphere and, in fact, round. And they were persecuted over their claim. And all the while, come on, what everybody said was true wasn't true. And, you know, think about how horrifying it has to be for the atheist, for their last heartbeat, their last breath. And they have told and told themselves and others, there is no God, that you're just annihilated, you cease to exist at the moment of death. Think about that first step out of their body to realize all they thought, and all they said, and all that they were told, and all that they were believing was a lie to their eternal damnation. So listen, friend, what you believe has consequences. Christians, many of them, believe God will make you sick at times. They have no Scripture for that. They think they have Scripture for that. But remember, I taught you, I think, last week how some people, Peter said, twist the Scriptures because they are unlearned and they are unstable. And they wrestle or they twist the Scriptures to their own destruction. And I would also add to the destruction of all those who pay attention to them. This is where I get my phrase or my line uh, that it's life and death what church you attend. It's life and death what church you attend. Absolutely. Uh, Praise God. Because you go to some of those places and say miracles have passed away. You know... Uh, healing's not for us today, then you could die yep. because you believe the wrong thing. That's right. And so we all should evaluate what we believe. Why do we believe it? It's not enough to believe something that's even really true from the Word of God because Mama said it or because you were raised in a Christian home and you just always accepted that. That's not good enough. Peter said also that we ought to have a defense, a ready defense. Every believer for why we believe what we believe, and for our faith. And that takes education. It takes learning. It takes study. Amen? One of the things that grieves me the most about the what I just, and I'm not not out to hit anything, I'm just labeling it, what I call the modern, seeker-sensitive church, is that it's just a self-help church. That's all it is. That's what you go and you get there, a good, cotton candy, self-help type, ten steps to a better marriage type Message. Nobody's teaching doctrine anymore. And so you've got generations of Christians out there now who don't know why they believe what they believe. Amen. Hallelujah. And this is where our denominational brothers and sisters, I think, have been wise to hold on to their Sunday schools. Amen. Christian education is an important thing. Hallelujah. And uh, so praise God. So. If you, it is imperative, if you're gonna go by the book, you need to know that the book is true, that it's supernatural. And you need to do whatever you need to do to come to that place where you are convinced beyond all doubt that man did not write the Bible, that God authored the Bible. It is God's infallible, inspired word from Genesis to Revelation. And then you see you'll have confidence in acting on it, living in accordance to it, believing it in the face of every obstacle you're going to face. Hallelujah. How strong is 1 Peter 2.24 that He Himself bore our sin in His own body on the tree that we being dead unto sin might live unto righteousness by whose stripes we were healed. How strong is that verse? Will the verse stand up to diabetes? Will it stand up to high blood pressure? Will it stand up to chronic headaches? Will it stand up to back pain? Will it stand up to uh, a broken arm? Will it, stand, what will, it stand, will it stand up to AIDS? You know it will. Why don't more Christians believe it? Because we've lost our sense of regard for the supernatural nature of the book. And this is my goal in this series, is to bring you back or to give you for the first time, amen, a a deeper confidence and understanding that you can face death, demons, hell, the onslaught of everything that's going to come against you in life with nothing but that uh, written page and win every battle. Because it's the truth and no lie. How strong is Philippians 4.19? Come on, how strong is it? I don't know what it says, Pastor. That's okay, I'll tell you. For my God shall supply all my needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. How strong is it? Is it so strong it's still true when you don't have a job? It's still true. What if you're a pastor and you're believing God and half your congregation walks out and they take all their wallets with them? Is it still true? true. So I remember brother Mark Hankins one time started crying. Uh, he had a, uh, uh, well, his biggest giver come into his office one day, if I remember the story right. And he said, I don't like what you're preaching. And if you keep preaching this, I'm going to pull me and my families and I'm out. We said, well, I'm, I, I can't do that. I'm not gonna, I, I preach what God tells me to preach. I preach the Word. You, I'm not going to let you do that. And he goes, fine, see you. See you later. I'm pulling me, my money, and my family's out. And he did. So Brother Hank had started kind of tearing up there. And, and said, oh, God, the biggest gi- giver in my church just left. And the Lord spoke right back to him and said, "Ah, oh, no, he didn't. I'm still here. Come on. I'm still here. Hallelujah. Blessed is the woman. Blessed is the single mom. Blessed is the widow. Blessed is the man whose God is their source. This is how I can get away with preaching what I preach. A strong message, a bold message, a truthful, a confrontational at times message. Right? Because I'm not moved by how many purple seats we have available or not. Come on. Come on. I'm, I've learned I'm only here and I'm only going to get to stay here is if I please Him. Yeah. And if I obey Him. And if I'll do that, it doesn't matter. If there's me, my wife, and our kids here on Sunday morning, we're going to have everything here because He told us to build it. But listen, when, when your bills are coming, due. And it seems like your, your natural avenue of supply dries up. What are you going to do? Will Philippians 4.19 hold up under the threat of bankruptcy, layoff, foreclosure, bad economy, poor stewardship mistakes, credit card debt? Will it do it? Yeah. Medical bills? Come on. No person who really stood on Philippians 4.19 who qualified for it, meaning you got to do verse 10, if you don't know what that... You don't qualify for Philippians 4.19 if you're, just because you're a Christian. You qualify for Philippians 4.19 by being a doer of verse number 10. And that is, you have to have a man of God that you're given to. Oh, people don't like that, do they? But just read Philippians 10-19 uh, and you'll see, Paul says, Because you gave once and again, my God shall supply all your needs. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, and and you can talk about being a faith person all you want. I can too. But until we face our needs, standing on the Word, and seeing God come to pass in our own situations, you really couldn't say you're a faith person yet. You can shout at what God does for me or another person. But listen, God loves you. His Word is to you. Your Bible ought to be perceived by you as a personal, written oracle from God, a love letter to Maryland. A lot of times when I read my Bible, uh, I, I like to close my eyes for a minute and imagine the resurrected Jesus standing beside me, pointing over me in my tears and saying, Son, I'm going to meet all your needs. I like to imagine Him standing over me when symptoms are attacking my body and saying, by my stripes you're healed. Peter called the written word the more sure word of prophecy. Listen, what is a more sure word? A spoken word or a word written down in contract form? What would you rather have? If you're smart today because of the immorality and lack of character in humans today, a handshake ain't going to do it for most people. I want two lawyers, seven sign lines, dates, notarized, triple copy. What's stronger? The written word. Oh, call me out. Oh, I I hope Dr. Seville prophesies to me. Well, I hope God has His way. Right? But that's not more sure than this. This is ratified in blood. And not just any blood. God gave His Son a body of human flesh. And He shed His blood to ratify this. That's that's what communion's all about. To remind you that everything that is promised to you in here belongs to you in a written contract. God has to do it because His blood paid for it and legalized it. Listen, when you qualify for the promises of God, all the, con- all the promises of God are conditional. You need to understand that. We just read one in Deuteronomy 28, right? If you, if you, then all of this. You know, if, if blessing, physical blessing, divine protection, financial, material blessing is not coming on you and overtaking you, you're not obeying God somewhere. I'm not obeying God somewhere. He said, if you, I will. If you, all this. There's no need that for any human to point their bony finger at God and accuse Him of not keeping His Word. Hallelujah. I want you to... God help them, Holy Spirit. You need to know how strong every promise of God is. If God has to move Jupiter out of the way, <laughs> if He has to work miracles to keep His Word to you, He's happy to do it. He's happy to do it. You know what? Joshua asked Him a pretty big thing one time. He said, I'm running out of daylight, Lord, and I got an enemy here on the run. I'm asking you to cause the sun to stand still. And you know what? God goes, that's easy for me. He just put the brakes on the whole solar system. For a whole day. And NASA will tell you they found that day in missing in time. They had to go back and say, hey, there's, man, we can tell about the speed of light and doing math and reversing all things. We've got 24 hours missing here. And they had a Christian on the team goes, oh, wait a minute, I remember in Sunday school. And they went, they go, show me. And he went over to Joshua and showed him right there. Well, there it is right there. He we said, well, there's, a, there's, there's about an hour of it, but we've got 15 minutes more. We've got 15 minutes more missing. Or 45 minutes missing. He goes, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hezekiah, Isaiah, God promised through the prophet Isaiah to Hezekiah as a sign for what he was going to do. Do you want the sundial to go forward? you want the sundial to go backwards? He said, turn the, the, the backwards. And he did. The sundial went backwards. 45 minutes. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, there ought to not be any fear about us. There ought to not be any worry about us. We ought to walk around with a holy confidence. I'm not talking about an arrogance. But I'm telling you what, God has set us up to win in every area of our life if you just knew what you had in your Bible. The Bible is a miracle. Y'all with me? I think you're with me. See, just here's... Remember, if, if you go to study in the Bible you're going to find it's going to be like peeling layers of an onion of the supernatural. And the more you look and the more you study, you're going to be like, I am blown out. How how could God do this? But He did. So for instance, I'll just give you a quick example. Um, Do you know that God preached the gospel through genealogies? He did. So I, I don't have this on the screen for you, but I'm looking at a photograph. And it's the genealogy from Adam to Noah. So I'm going to give you the names from Adam to Noah. Right? You ready? Adam, Seth, Enosh, Kenan, Mahalel, Jared, Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, and Noah. Now there's thousands, right? There's a lot of years between Adam and Noah. A lot of families, a lot of life going on. Right? And each one of their mamas and daddies, except for Adam... Gave them their name. Is that right? Now in Hebrew especially, in the Old Testament, the meaning of the name meant everything. The meaning of the name meant everything. So I'm going to read to you in order the meaning of each person's name. Adam's name means man is. Seth's name means appointed. Enosh means mortal. Kenan means sorrow, but. Mahalel means the blessed God. Jared means shall come down. Enoch means teaching. Methuselah means his death shall bring. Lamech means the despairing. And Noah means comfort and rest. Listen to it in order. From Adam to Noah, man is appointed mortal Sorrowful, but the blessed God shall come down teaching, his death shall bring the despairing comfort and rest. Do you think man did that on purpose? Okay, so no, no, listen, you got to name your son Lamech, which means, because we got a thing going here, they had no clue. They had no clue. They're just living, they're just naming their babies. And yet God is weaving in a tapestry. He is preaching the gospel from the beginning to the end. I didn't bring it with me, but there's another one. Jacob had 12 sons. Each of their sons, their names mean something. Now, how did Jacob get his sons? It wasn't just like, you know, uh, 19 kids and counting, one couple, one, one Christian couple having all these kids. No, you got Jacob had his thing with Leah and then Rachel, and it reads like days of our lives. And each of them are trying to out-pregnant the other one to get the love of Jacob. I mean, it's a soap opera. And in the end, you got 12 kids. But if you in- take the name from Reuben to Joseph, right, or to, the la- to Benjamin, and you do the meanings in order, it'll preach the gospel again about Jesus. How do do you produce a book like that? You don't. God did. Does that wet your whistle a little bit? See, I'm just telling you, the Bible's supernatural. I'm just not up here spouting off. Hallelujah. And this, this helps me. I'm telling you, it ought to help all of us. Praise God. Because we face things that are real. But God's already spoken about it. We just don't have the faith we ought to have. We don't have the regard for God's Word that we should have. Because I tell you what, if we really believe the Scriptures like we should, and we understand the strength of every word like we should, and I mention a special project and an offering, I ought to be stampeded. Because Jesus said, if you give, it's going to be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. So in the light of that, how strong is that verse? Well, it's going to be as strong as you think it to be. It's going to be as strong as you believe it to be. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, (laughs) how's that for an introduction? Glory to God. We haven't even read our text yet. Let's read that. 2 Timothy 3.16. All Scripture. How much of it? All scripture is given by inspiration of God. What's that mean, congregation? The breath of God means the breath of God and is profitable for doctrine, that means teaching or instruction, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God, woman of God too, right, may be perfect, fully mature, complete, that's what that means, thoroughly furnished. Unto all good works. So the Bible claims about itself that it is the inspired Word of God, not the words of man. Amen. And so we've been exploring that. So if you were here last Sunday, you know that I began to teach you about three vital things the Word of God brings. Three vital things the Word of God brings. We only got to one of them last week. Amen. The first thing we talked about that the Word of God brings to every person who will get it from it, from the Word, is knowledge. The Word of God brings knowledge. And I think that that is one of those services that you should, if you've not listened to it, you need to go back and get that. Right? If, even if you're here, don't forget that. Amen? Satan takes advantage of God's people because of their ignorance. Ignorant doesn't mean you're, you lack intelligence. To be ignorant means you don't know. You don't know. You don't know that He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that means He's still a healer. Amen. You don't know that prosperity is really God's will for you. You just don't know. You don't know what faith is. You don't know how to receive uh, the great F.F. F. Bosworth said in his book, Christ the Healer, faith begins where the will of God is known. You can't believe God confidently to do a certain thing that you don't first know it's His will to do. That's right. And we get the knowledge of what He's willing to do by reading what He said. How hard is that, right? He wrote it down. Remember, I got healed By that one time. I had a real serious legacy. I don't want to rehearse that whole thing again. But the essence of when I released my faith and received, after feeding my faith for a number of weeks for that, on on the subject of healing, I said, God, if you didn't want me to expect you to heal me right now, you should not have written it down for me to read because I found it in the Word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, here's what you're going to do wasn't out of arrogance, but I was making a demand on my covenant right to health. I said, I'm I'm laying this crutch down. I'm not taking my medication. I'm going to get up and start walking, and you're going to heal me right now. Mm -hmm. I took one step in pain, and it hurt, but I took another step, and it hurt less. the time I got to my fourth step, all that pain was gone. That was several years ago. That pain's right. That pain's never coming back. He just healed me supernaturally, supernaturally. Because of my faith in His Word. That doesn't make me anything. I'm just telling you what's available. But it's not available to the ignorant. It's not available to the one who doesn't believe right. Who doesn't think right. Who doesn't know what God will really do. Thank God for a local church, right? Come on. Y'all out there? Okay, praise God. So we want to talk about the second thing for a minute. The second vital thing that the Word of God is going to bring to your life is faith. Now, God spoke to me very directly and abruptly Wednesday night. I was planning on going a certain direction on prayer. He said, you get up in just a minute, and she turns it over to you, and you start a series on the subject of faith. Okay. No notes, (laughs) whatever. We had a good time. So, no doubt, he said series, so Wednesday night, that's what we're going to get. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so thank God for faith. Faith is vital to your life. Did you know that? Faith is vital to your life. Faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. God does not deal in dollars or pesos or shekels. He deals in faith. He's no respecter of person, but He is a respecter of faith. Wigglesworth said this, he said, it seems like God will pass over a million people and all their needs just to get to the one person that's in faith. Hallelujah. You ought to know by experience that needing God to do something for you isn't all there is to getting that thing done. Amen. If that were true, we would all have it made. Turning your Bible to Romans ten seventeen, Faith is vital to your life. So... When I say faith is the currency, faith is the currency of the kingdom, what do I mean? What do we use currency for? To purchase. It's a means of exchange. I want this. I'm going to give you this, this currency. We can go to the restaurant after. They're going to give me food, and I'm going to give them dollars. It's a means of exchange. Faith is God's means of exchange. Faith is what you give him, brother Jerry, to get what you want from him. So your faith in his word on healing is what you pay to receive that healing. Your faith in Philippians 4.19, that he'll meet all your needs, that's what you give him in exchange for what you want. That's your bills paid. Right? Amen. And uh, God requires payment up front. We pay in the currency of faith before services are rendered, not after. A lot of times we want God to heal us, then we'll believe it. That's like, you know, getting the service rendered before you pay. You got to pay up front with God. Now, He already paid the big payment. It's just your turn now. And listen faith's not too hard. Don't make faith hard. Faith's not hard. Faith is simple. Would you say it would be hard for a dog to bark? Hard for a cat to meow? Hard for a donkey to bray? Why would it be hard for a believer to believe? It's our nature in God to believe. Praise the Lord. Praise God. You know, the outcome of your life depends on what you do with your faith. It's not up to God and His will and His sovereign plan whether He decides you know you're going to be one of the lucky few that gets healing or not. The outcome of my life depends on my faith, what I do with my faith. The outcome of your life is going to depend on what you do in the crisis moments with your faith. Amen. That's not a burden. It's just truth and reality. Amen? Praise God. You know, many people, they struggle with their faith. You almost see it on their faces sometimes. How they're struggling to believe. You should not ever struggle to believe. If you Pay attention to me for a few more minutes. I'm going to help you if I can. God will. None of you should ever struggle to have... Does a dog struggle to bark? It's a struggle to get them to stop. The donkey doesn't struggle to bray. The cat, you know. I got a a kitten that's still seeming like she's learning. Ah, You know, whatever. But no, these things are natural. Faith ought to come as naturally to you as a believer as is breathing. We have just been taught wrong. Making, making faith hard. Faith is not hard. Faith just means trust. Faith, faith just means take God at His Word like you would your doctor, your lawyer, your wife, or your best friend. That's, that's all it is. People are totally... They have no symptoms, but the doctor says you've got two weeks to live. And you can see their faith in the doctor show up. Without any evidence, they believe the word of the doctor. Right? Praise God. We ought to be able to trust God, who cannot lie, with whom all things are possible. <laughs> the one who put the sun up there, hung the moon in its place, is sustaining your life and mine right now. How much more should we just take Him at His word? Been so religiously brainwashed. That's what people struggle with. They've been taught all their life in churches that all this stuff has passed away and we just got to hold on. It's going to be really great in heaven if we can make it. Such a lie. Hold on. Hold on to what? Did not Jesus tell those early disciples how to pray? He said, teach us how to pray. And Jesus goes, all right, you want to know how to pray? Pray this. You are going to help me? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. On and on it goes. Now, my dad's got a, 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 an English Bible that has a Hebrew emphasis. They really focus on the Hebrew when they translated it. And his Bible says, you must give me my daily bread. You must forgive me my trespasses as I forgive those who have trespassed. You must, because see, it's covenant. It's not arrogance, it's covenant. I really like that translation. You must. But what does that verse tell us about what God wants life to be like for His people on the earth? As it is in heaven. Are they sick up there? They struggling up there? They broke up there? They're sad up there? Crying up there? Defeated up there? Oppressed up there? Addicted up there? No. No. You're supposed to be living heaven now. You're supposed to have heaven before you go there. <laughs> and there was a day in my life that I looked like just like y'all sitting out there going. Is that right? Is that really true? Is that possible? Just go home chew on it like a cud for a little while until it registers on you. Is God that good? Is He really that big? Yeah, He really is. (laughs) Praise God. So I said there is no need to struggle for faith. Praise God. You know, every year, every fall, I have to go make a hay run. H-A-Y. Hay. I have two horses at home. And obviously, you don't have pasture grass in the winter months. Now, I don't struggle to get hay. I don't fight. I don't struggle. I don't worry. I just hook up Ken's trailer, Jennifer's trailer, that they've been so gracious to let me borrow every year. I hook it on. I drive me to Memphis. Because there's this rich guy that needed a tax write-off. And he's got him a Bermuda hay farm. And John's been with me. I've been with him. He turned me on. They got you go down and have Memphis barbecue, make a day of it, pull up. I don't struggle to get hay. I don't struggle for hay. I didn't have hay, but I don't struggle for it. You know what I do when I need it? I go to the source, I just go to the hay field. Yes, I have to go and hook up the trailer. And yes, I have to buy the gas. And yes, I have to go down. I have to go and make the effort to go to the source. But I'm not worried about it. I know what to do. If I have have a need of something I don't currently have, I just go where it is and I get it. So let's say you don't have faith. You don't have the measure of faith to be healed. Actually, the Bible says you do. I told you to go to Romans 10. Just flip to Romans 12 there. Look at verse 3 with me. Romans 12 verse 3 says, for, though I, for I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath, that's King James, that means has, that means past tense, dealt to who? Each one. Mine says every person. Every man, the measure of faith. When did you have this measure of faith dealt to you? When you were born again. When you were born again. Hallelujah. Now you have to do something with your measure of faith. You have to develop it. You have to practice it. You have to, like, I have muscles. We all have muscles. But some muscles are more developed than other muscles. Right? Brother Jerry Jr., he got the biggest muscles on campus probably because he's developed them. Now you have muscles too. You just haven't done what he did with his. Hallelujah. But if you wanted to develop, do you, you know what to do. You may not want to do it. But the process to having more muscle and a stronger muscle is for the taking for every human. As far as I know, the gym doesn't discriminate. They'll take you if you're old. They'll take you if you're young. They'll take you if you're skinny. They'll take you if you're not skinny. That was nice, wasn't it? (laughs) Pastor, go back to talking about faith. Okay, okay, okay. You get my point. No believer should struggle. To have all the faith they need to have. Romans 10.17 is the hayfield for faith. Romans 10.17, what does it say? If you don't have this marked in your Bible, you ought to mark it. Never forget it. Very important verse. Romans 10.17 says, So then faith cometh. Faith cometh. Did you get that? Faith cometh. Hallelujah. Well, how does it come? It comes by hearing, hearing Oprah, hearing Dr. Phil. No, no. Hearing the latest celebrity. No. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by what have we been talking about the word of God. Wanted that hay, I had to go where they grew hay. I had to go where hay comes from. I had to go to the source of hay. You want faith? you got to go to the source of faith. you got to go to the field of faith. You've got to go to the factory of faith. Yeah. Amen. And you hold a faith factory in your hand, or it's on your phone, or on your tablet, or however you're looking at your Bible. So Let's say you're brand new to these things, and you hear some of us talk with tongues, and you're interested in that, and you want to be, you want to have faith to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit, but you don't have faith for it now. Where could you get it? Where have you gotta have faith to receive it? You don't get filled with the Holy Spirit unless God just, you know, takes you over, you know, and puts it on you. Praise God. You have to give him the currency of faith to be filled with the Spirit and to speak with other tongues. Hallelujah. Well, I don't have that, Pastor. Well, go get it. Where do I go? you're going to have to find the scriptures on the subject. Yeah, And then you must hear them. Now the best way to hear them is for your spirit to hear your words give voice to God's word. That's the most effective way to get that word down in your heart, which is the soil. Hallelujah. Your heart is a factory, like the earth. Amen. You know, you put a fence post in the ground, it's going to try to grow that thing. Whatever you put in the ground, the earth doesn't care. It's just going to try to grow it. That's what the earth does. Well, whatever you put in your heart, your heart's just going to grow it. So You put offense and negativity and criticism and worry and doubt and fear, and that's what you fill your heart with. It's just going to grow that. That's just what you're going to have. But if you'll put the word in there. Faith, what? Comes. Faith comes by the method of Hearing. which puts great, 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 great importance on what you hear. That's why I sometimes lament when uh, people, for whatever reason, leave this church to go to a church that's, I'm not criticizing, but they, they preach a lesser message. They, maybe they just don't know, but they, at that church they don't preach healing. They don't preach the move of the Spirit. They don't preach the power of God. They don't preach divine protection. They preach hold on. And I've heard people say, listen, I can, I can thrive in that church because of what you taught me, Pastor. That's a deception. Because faith comes by hearing. And you might have faith today because you've been hearing. But you stay in a place where you don't hear long enough. You leave the faith factory. And you will grow weak in faith. But don't fall for that deception. So the word cometh is really in italics, meaning the Translators put that there. It's not there in the Greek. So if you take that out, what you have is, so then faith by hearing. That's what you have. So you look up that little word by, and this is what it means. Is the source of. You click on the you know my computer, Strong's, you look at that little word by, it's going to give you the Strong's Greek definition. That little word by means, is the source of. That's what it means in the Greek. So faith, right? The source of faith is hearing. That's what it means. Another definition Strong gives is faith comes as a result of hearing. Faith comes as a result of hearing. I like this one maybe the best. Faith originates in hearing. Or faith proceeds out from the act of hearing God's Word. Amen. Faith has an origin. Faith springs from somewhere. If you don't have it, don't fear. I'm telling you where to go get it. You can have faith for all of the major things you need in your life. Faith for the angels to protect you and your children. Faith for that comes by hearing the Word of God on that subject. Amen? Hallelujah. Just I've got to close it here, but You know, my counsel to you is, let's say all of us were facing different things at different times. Amen. Whatever it is you're facing, your faith is designed by God to overcome. Right? Didn't John tell us that? 1 John chapter 5, that faith is the victory that overcometh the world and all that's in it. Faith is the victory that overcomes. So whatever comes against you, you need to overcome it. You need to get past that hurdle. Your faith will get you there. But you need to be smart about how you interact with your Bible. Don't just, you know, if you're really in a real fight, don't do some random 30-day devotional. Thank God for that in a general time. But if, let's say, you know, you went to the doctor and, and they diagnosed you with cancer. You ought to just filter out everything else in the Bible except Healing. Be smart about it. Faith comes for healing by hearing God's Word on healing. Your faith to be healed originates, it proceeds forth from that location. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's go to one more place. Let's go to uh, Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. Glory to God. You know, that's what I did when that leg issue got, got serious. Life stopped for me. Oh, I did the day-to-day things I had to do. But when I came home, I sat down on the couch, got my heating pad, my ice pack. I turned TV off. I got by myself. I had my Bible and two books. E.W. Kenyon's book, Jesus the Healer, and Pastor Nancy's book It's in the bookstore, the yellow one called The Healer Divine. And for two weeks, every night, that's all I did. I read, I studied, I confessed, I meditated, I listened to messages on healing. And that morning when I woke up, healing was bubbling out of me. I had a trailer full of faith to be healed, and it was simple. It was easy. It sprung forth out of my heart. It took God four steps, and all the pain was driven out. Now, listen, What there was something physical and natural really going wrong. I don't know if I had a bone cancer. I don't know if they thought I might have had multiple hair fractures. I don't know if I had an uh, uh, inflammation issue going on. But look, the Word of God, the spiritual living Word of God dealt with the inflammation, healed the bone fractures, driven out any bone cancer, whatever was there. Sometimes I don't want to know. It's like... Yeah. You know, sometimes I need to know, but there are other times I don't want to know. It could be really bad. I don't want to have to deal with that in my brain. I'm just going to focus. I just want to be healed. And the receiving of it was easy. You know, man, it's just great, Brother John. I tell you, you just pull, last time I pulled up there, oh my God, they were out in the field harvesting time before, <laughs> and they all had brand that y'all, you guys, you'd love it. You'd be drooling like we did. There are four or five, right? Brand new John Deere's. Brand they had one cutting, one raking, one baling, and one multi-baler that put all the bales together, and one lift that put them on the trailers. And you did, you just didn't go to the warehouse, you just pulled right up in the field, and they all in the cab and Eric, oh my God, hallelujah. You just pull up and shook a boom, shook a boom, and you're on your way. Woo! Come on. Faith isn't hard. You're not gonna die, you're not gonna go under. The devil's not gonna destroy your marriage, your family. Just chill out and get in the Word. (laughs) But some people are so against making effort towards the Word, if they can't get it in the natural, we're going to do their funeral. We're going to help them move. They're going to get foreclosed on their house. Because you want it some other way than the Word. If I could... I really am trying to close. If I could get you to see the Word of God... As enough, as your answer, then I have helped all of you in every arena of your life. That's my goal. That's my goal. Amen. That's God's goal. Okay, we're closing Mark chapter 5. How does faith come? Is that hard? Is that hard for y'all to do? No. I Man, especially in this day. Come on, we got AirPods. We got. Wireless Bluetooth headphones. We've got smartphones. We've got MP3 players. There's no excuse in this generation to be weak in faith. Praise the Lord. Mark chapter 5, verse uh, number 25. We'll close with this. It says here, and a certain woman. Now don't just, this is a real person. If you want to, you'll get to meet her one day. She's in heaven now. Well, okay, so here's a certain woman. She had an issue of blood. So she had a hemorrhage for 12 years. It's a real real situation. It lasted for 12 real years. She had suffered many things of many physicians. And like many, right, it, it affected her financially. She spent all that she had. And at the end, she still got the disease and now she has no money. And is nothing bettered, but rather she's worse off. Twelve years in. Is that right? Real situation, not just a Bible story. It's a real testimony. This was a real lady. Now, what is the next one, two, three, four words of verse twenty-seven? When she heard, when she. Heard. You get it? When she heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched His garment, for she said, don't have time to preach on that, but so, so important. For she said, if I may but touch His clothes, I shall be whole. And that's exactly what she did. And it says, "And straightway, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague." Now did she finally feel? Did she finally get to feel the effect of being healed? Did it finally show up in her physical being? Where did it begin? The testimony was dire. The testimony was terrible. Things were going from bad to worse until what? Until she heard about Jesus. Jesus is the Word. Hallelujah. Did she believe what she heard? It's evident she did. She told us she did. For she said, if I may but tell... wonder what she heard about Jesus. It has to be healing. It has to be. There's a man in town. His name is Jesus. The blind see the lame walk. The dead are being raised to new life. When she heard about Jesus. Come on. When she heard about Jesus. Come on. Did her situation turn? When she heard about Jesus. Your situation, when's it going to turn? When you hear the Word of God. Come on. When you hear... Hallelujah, about Jesus. Glory to God. She said what she believed. If I but touch the hem of His garment, I will be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. Straightway means immediately. And she felt in her body she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately knowing in Himself that virtue, better word is power, had gone out of Him turned himself about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? Hallelujah. His disciples said unto him, Master, you see the disciples thronging you, multiple, I mean, the multitude thronging you, and sayest thou, Who touched me? He didn't mean a physical touch. He meant somebody has touched my life with faith. He looked around about to, want to see the one who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, you're blessed I was coming through town. No. Daughter, you're the lucky one. Me and my father have decided to heal this week. No. He said, Daughter, your faith. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Well. Listen, if her faith could make her well, your faith can make you well. Praise God. Where'd she get her faith? She heard. Her faith was connected to her hearing. Your faith is connected to your hearing. Young people, listen. If you're in the lifestyle... I'm not coming against you. Amen. Of lifting to hip hop and secular music or whatever you like all the time. Listen, tune some of that back. Come on. And here's some things from the Word. I'm so glad God got a hold of me young, Brother Jerry. I have avoided so many problems, so many of the struggles, so many of the hurdles that so many people I see because they didn't, they didn't discover what God wanted them to do young enough. And now to get in it, they've got to make some life change. I'm so glad he got a hold, but I started paying attention. She was healed of an incurable 12-year nightmare in a moment, in an instant. It all changed. Jesus didn't say it's going to cost you 5,000 shekels for that. He, she had it before he knew what was happening. you got to think about Jesus in a press. He's got his outer garment on. He's walking. She sneaks up and grabs hold of that. And it said, power flowed out of that. The anointing flowed out of that and into her body. She had it. Now, she had hoped to be able to slink back out of there unnoticed. Because she's breaking Jewish law by being out sick. She could have been stoned for that. But he turned around and said, okay, who touched me? She goes, oh man, I'm busted. That's right, busted. Hallelujah. What are the law keepers going to say? She's well. If you're well, you're legal. If you're well, you're legal. Glory to God. But she had faith to receive that miracle. One nugget came to her hearing, and it brought faith. She spoke in line with what she believed. She acted on what she believed, and she got a miracle. There's your recipe. There's your recipe to get anything you want from God. If you'll hear the Word, believe what you hear, put it in your mouth, and act on it, you can have anything you want from God that's in His Word you're welcome thank you praise the Lord it's good y'all okay you're out there you praise the Lord hallelujah glory to God how bad do you want it God hadn't made it hard amen let's all stand up today did you get anything out of that